Welcome back, welcome back, man. Uh, yep. The regular season is officially over. The the 2023 Terps finished with their second 7-5 and five regular season in a row. So, uh, real quick, how you, how you feeling about how the way things wrapped up, bro? I feel like it was an up and down season. It was like a roller coaster. Um, but at the end of the roller coaster, you're like, all right, I'm alive. I'm breathing. Everything is okay. I live to fight another day. So I think ultimately the Terps had a had a good game against Rutgers. They got to a bowl game. Talia broke a record, you know, which is not a feat that people can not a lot of people can say that they have done. So I think it's a good season to build on, and hopefully going into the future, the Terps continue to just stack because they locked in with locks. He got he got some bread. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, that's that's a big part of it that a lot of people don't really realize. That seventh win got him a one-year, $7 million extension. I think 2028 was the, the contract year that that added on. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, not that not that he was going anywhere in the short term anyway, but, hey, locking in that money, that's, yeah. that's what you want to do. So 2028? You know, yeah, 2028. So, yeah, he, he got some time on that deal, man. And the, the, the good thing is there there still have been a lot of positive signs of growth. I know we we wanted so much more for this team, and I think rightfully so. Um, you know, I kind of tweeted about it earlier. Some people were, were recapping just how the how the season went. I think it was Torrey Smith. Um, you know, he talked about the lull against Illinois and Northwestern. That I mean, that, that really can't happen. Obviously, he talked about Michigan and Ohio State and how close they were. Penn State was a total letdown. Um, that one kind of yeah. just doesn't it doesn't compute. The, our team was too talented to to play like that against a team that is not a caliber of team to be watching them like that. And then the rest of the season, you know, won, won seven football games that they should have won, and they they took care of those. So obviously, it, it leaves more to be desired. And I think the the biggest question for me is, okay, what happens next for this, you know? program because we know what this team potentially was capable of we, we saw glimpses of it and it was just a little bit of you know not enough when you really needed it in the big games you know the not only the the program's all-time leading passer but the newly appointed king of big 10 passing yards will no longer be in a terps uniform in 2024 so it's like man where does you know where do we go in terms of that is the is the new guy in the building now? Does does Locks go pull someone out of the portal, which I'm sure they're going to be doing plenty of because, hey, December is is that time period where that stuff happens. Yeah, and it's going to happen fast. So it's like, man, where do where do we go? Like, you know, we're going to have to replace some more talent. Do some guys stick around? I heard Prather potentially has an extra year with the COVID year and all that stuff. Obviously, he was a guy who got better basically every week as the season went on, and he became an impact player. Does Hemby come be. back? He's a like a redshirt sophomore. So, you know, he could leave. He, he might not. Maybe he wants to come back and kind of, you know, prove that he has more magic left in him. Um, but, you know, that's a wrap on 2023 regular season. I, I feel like at the end of the day, bro, it's like we enjoyed it. We we liked what was there, but just leaves you wanting more because, you know, feel like, you know, they had more in them. Yeah, I feel like the Terps are the perfect. TV sitcom suspense thriller type of team because at the end of every season they leave you with a, 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 a what you, what is that thing called a cliffhanger a cliffhanger they're like, yeah. yeah find out on the next episode you know what I mean <laughs> they're gonna go to the they're gonna go to the bowl game they're gonna probably win that jump and then we're gonna be like wow 
they they low key is kind of good. Maybe next season, all the yeah. hype is gonna build up. Next mm-hmm. season, get your new little quarterback in there. Everything's gonna hype up again, again, again. Three wins, three and oh, four and oh, five and oh. And then we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Place your best right now. We'll see what happens at that time. <laughs> no, nah, that's that's facts, bro. I think like that's literally just a perfect description of not even just this version of the team, but just the program in general. And that's yeah, that's where we're at. I will say it's a lot better than you know where things left off when I left and and the teams that were struggling before that. Like you do have a semblance of stability. One with your head coach. That's that's yeah, where it all sure. starts. And to to have what is he going on? 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So this will be, I think, his fifth year, if my math is correct. Uh going into his fifth year as the head coach. That's what you want because he's now had an entire cycle of guys he brought in mm. as freshmen all the way through redshirt seniors, potentially guys who are still staying another year because of the, the extra years with that's COVID and all that stuff. So it's like that's what you want. That builds continuity in the program. Assistant coaches, they come and go. Guys get promotions. Guys do, you know, look for better opportunities, more money, whatever the case may be. Um, but when you have that continuity at the helm, that that does leave the potential for things to continue on an upward trajectory. And the reality of it is we may not necessarily have bumped that trajectory up this season, but it didn't go down. So, you know, take that for what it was. Uh, as far as like the Rutgers game specifically, bro, I mean, is there much to say besides the fact that Talia almost threw for 300 yards in the first half, broke the record yeah, in the insane. first half. He needed like 286. I think he ended up with like 290 something in the first half. I will say I'm hurt that the play he he broke the record on was like a screen pass to Jay Sean for like six yards. <laughs> that was a that was a super anticlimactic way for it to happen. Like you yeah. know what I mean. Hey, you're the all-time leading passer. Yeah, it was just like a five-yard game. That part hey. sucks, but, hey, dude dude took off in the first half, uh, you know, finished with, like, 360-some passing yards, and he's he's the GOAT of Big Ten passing. Like, say what you want about everything else. We kind of hit, hit that last week uh, as much as it needs to be talked about. But when it comes to passing yards in the Big Ten, Talia Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa, Everyone else behind him. Yeah, so, he's at the top, and that's, that's a big um, quarterbacks are the name of the game. Like they are the the leaders of of every team. So to look in the record book in the Big Ten and see the best passer, don't look at anything else. You know, even though mm-hmm. football is a well rounded game, the best passer in the Big Ten in history is this individual that went to this school. Is a testament to to Leah. It's a testament to Locks. It's a testament to the pieces that Locks put around Talia. So kudos to the team and kudos to Locks. Good job. And kudos to Talia. That's a feat that we'll see. Who's the, you? Is someone going to – who do you think is the next person that's going to come in and take that record? It got to be a lot of pieces yeah. in play for that to happen. Dude. Ooh, no, me. maybe USC with these new schools coming into the conference now, you know, they yeah, might they, they might have – they might have that. <laughs> so they, I mean, they they sling the ball around, but like the thing, the thing about records like that is one, you gotta you gotta be prolific, like mm-hmm. you know, basically three thousand plus yards a year type deal. Yeah. And not only that, but you have to be starting basically from the moment you walk on campus, which true. is is yeah. really hard to do. Um, even guys who get the redshirt year, you don't just always come in and instantly take off to those heights. 
Not every mm-hmm. offense is built to play that way. Some some are, some aren't. So that's really hard to do. And the one thing that I commend Talia on in this era, because like bro, the last couple of years, all kinds of records have been broken by guys. It's oh, most career games played, most career starts. This guy broke the tackles record. This guy broke the, the career receiving yards record. But they all have a fifth year of playing football because of the extra COVID yeah. year. All those records belong in their own book off to the side. Because, mm-hmm. yes, they did that, but that no one else was afforded that opportunity. They played yeah. four years of football, of actual eligibility, being able to be on the field, and that's it. They, they didn't get yeah. a fifth year to do make up for all the games they didn't have. If I had a fifth year, dang, I might I might have been able to break a couple of records. Who knows? Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of time being on a football field. Like, you're talking about guys playing six, seven years in college. The Utah quarterback is coming back for his seventh year. Dude, That's he was insane. on the Texas team that you and I played against in 2018. That's he was on that insane. team. Dude, get your get your butt out of get your butt out of college, man. Go go do something else. Go work. So, so get a big, job. Bro, get a job, man. Get a job. And he's a good he's a good <laughs> He's a good bro, he's not he's not even a scrub, but go get a job. Do something else. But like <laughs> Biggest of props to Talia because in that same era, he did it the right way. And not only that, he started his first year was the COVID year where he only played like five or six games. Like the season mm-hmm. was shortened. I think he he ended up having to miss a game or two because of, of COVID. I, actually, yeah. yeah, I know he missed the Rutgers game because uh, the guy who was wearing number 22 started a quarterback for us. It was crazy. Why he got number 22 <laughs> quarterback? But that's neither here nor there. So... Talia gets gets big props from me and and rightfully so for for breaking that record the way he did. Um, and one thing that's huge about that, or you want to talk about a recruiting pitch for quarterbacks, absolutely receivers, running backs. Hey, come to Maryland, particularly if you're one of them dogs from the you know the DMV area. You out there in DC, you out there in Baltimore, stay home. And either you'll be on the receiving end of 10,000 plus passing yards, or you you might be the next one to break the record. Because mm-hmm. we're going to put the ball in the air. And that's what you got to, yeah. like, that's what you want to see. And prior to Talia and Coach Locks being here, that was like furthest from Maryland in terms of what they were associated with. It was, we got dudes who were former running backs playing quarterback in games because bad stuff just kept happening to quarterbacks, injuries, you know poor play, whatever the case may be. So, you know, yeah. now we're officially established as a passing school. Um, so if we can build off that, that's huge. But yeah. one thing that's interesting, and obviously Talia is a humble guy. So he claimed that he doesn't care that he broke the Big Ten passing record for total yards. I don't know about you, but in my opinion, that's cap. If, you, if you're the one who breaks the record, what, what, are, what are your thoughts? What are you saying? I'm tough. I'm the GOAT. I don't care what my... Me, personally, I'm going to just keep it real. Like, it's like records. Mm, whenever I talk to somebody, yes, I'm the Big Ten all-time leading passer. You know, any, anywhere I go, I'm the Big Ten all-time exactly. leading passer. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I'm talking my ish, man. Like, that's... that's Especially in the Big Ten, too. Like, this is a conference. This isn't like the Pac-12 where folks just throw the ball. There's no defense. This is a, a conference where... There are heavy hitters, heavy rushers, linebackers that are athletic. You got great safeties. So to be a freaking in the Big Ten and have a record like that is it's not a feat that is can be looked down upon. It's definitely something that um I feel like you gotta talk your ish about it. You know, that's it's very impressive. 
I'm in the same boat, bro. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna be be over the top with it, but there's only one person who gets to sit atop those yeah, type literally. of record books. Like, he's not sharing that with anybody. There's not anyone else that gets to say, "Oh, you know, I was close." No, man, that's that's yours. So, yeah. I mean, prop, props to him for you know being nice in the, in the the conversation with the reporter. But man, he knows that's that's stuck to his name forever. And that's, and that's, that's something carry to be proud him of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, bro, that's that's going to carry him to the draft, to the combine. You, you think he's not going to get a combine invite? Absolutely, he's going to get a combine invite. Have so it's to. like, yeah, it's going to definitely be something that... Because a lot of these... If there were recruits that were the number one recruit in their high school class. And just off the strength of being that, they got so many more opportunities than, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Schmo or any other guy that was a three-star or four-star. So, like, those accolades definitely carry their weight in gold. So... I feel like it's it's something that's going to be very useful to him, and then the left the rest is left for him to you know show out in his pro day, show out at the combine, which I know he'll be invited to, and then see where the chips lie from there. So I'm excited for him. One hundred percent. I'm I'm in the same boat. I think at the very least he should he should get an opportunity at the next level. Um, you know yeah, whether or not sure. you want to whether or not you want to talk about you know turning the ball over and making making the smart plays. Uh, the reality is a lot of NFL teams, they say, Hey, I can coach that out of a guy. Hey, mm-hmm. I can coach a guy. To, I can coach a guy, this new technique. I can coach a guy, guy to say, Hey, I need you to run this scheme. I need you to, you know, be careful with the ball. Can't teach a guy to be able to put the ball on the money, on the far hash, 35 yards down the field, give your, give your receiver a chance to make a play. You can't, you can't teach rolling out the pocket and launching at 65, putting it on the money. Those type yeah. of things, just only, only either you have them or you don't. So he's got he's got all that you know in his bag, and and potentially, who knows what happens? Maybe he figures all that out, and he's an even better NFL player than than he was in college, and and that would definitely be a, a sight to see. Getting into the bowl predictions, obviously everything will get sorted out after uh, championship weekend, and then the, they figure out the playoff first on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Last time we had talked, we were looking at like what the Las Vegas Bowl versus potentially like a USC. I think that'd be pretty cool. Obviously, Caleb Williams wouldn't be playing, but that'd be nice. Just you know, playing against a, a big quality brand in college football and potentially being able to get a win, especially as as they come to the Big Ten, right? Like perfect way to welcome them into our conference. The preview, yeah, yeah. You you whoop them in the bowl game. Um, and then there was another prediction that they end up coming down to Tampa for the ReliQuest Bowl. That's my personal favorite. I know my mm-hmm. guys would be salty. They don't get to go to Vegas, but Tampa ain't bad. Tampa's a you good spot. Yeah, Tampa's a good spot, you know too. What I mean, go to the beach, get, you know, get some good Go vibes, to the some, beach. Get some sun in the middle of December. Like, it's only so many places you're going to be able to get that. Um, It'll be better so than what, all the bowl games since Foster Farms back in, you know, early, early days <laughs> when they played no, Stanford facts. all them years ago. Because we've had facts. all cold bowl games the last however many years. Yeah, stay away from Boston. Stay away from New York City, Detroit. Detroit. Those those places are not associated with fun when it comes to bowl games. So, um <laughs> I think if they if they land with any of those, that'd be pretty cool. I saw one that potentially had them in the Music City Bowl in Nashville. Um, not mm. necessarily a warm weather game, but they do say Nashville's a pretty cool place, you know. Yeah. It's like the Rock Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something like that. So, I mean, maybe there's some fun to be had. I think that's against the SEC, too, so you'd probably get a pretty solid mm. 
football team in terms of maybe like an LSU, a Texas A&M. You know, another another quality opponent to finish off a season, and then if, if we're able to get that eighth win against somebody like that, that'd be pretty smooth. Um, you know, LSU obviously has the uh, one of the potential Heisman candidates. I don't know if he's going to get it, given that they lost three games in that. Uh, who is that? Was it Washington and Oregon have the chance to basically duke it out for the playoff, the last playoff spot, and the Heisman between Bo Nix yeah. and uh, Michael Penix? But you never know. Yeah, time will tell, honestly. I just want to see them play somebody competitive because I know that they're – you think Talia's going to play in the bowl? He said he was, right? I think okay. I think someone said that he said he was going to play in the game. So that would be cool to see. I mean, obviously, in this day and age, I'm not going to fault a guy for not doing that. Um, <clears throat> I mean, as far as, like, Talia's draft style, it's not like he's going to be a, a, a day one type guy as, as it stands right now. So, you know – is there still risk? Yeah, but it's not like, you know, we're talking about potentially wiping away, you know, 10, 15, 20 million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. And especially if you're playing against a, a marquee program like a USC, like a LSU, you know, potentially the, there's that one tick that knocks you from the fourth signature. round to the third round, from the mm-hmm. from sixth round to, to the fifth round. And any 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 way you move up, talking about money. So there's a risk reward there. It'd be a cool way to be able to send him out. Obviously, he doesn't have to worry about you know, chasing the record or anything like that anymore. It'd kind of just be one fun game, get to finish your career off as, you know, the the most accomplished passer in the history of the Terps. So yeah. I would I would I would enjoy being able to see that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a good game. Hopefully we we can slide out there wherever it's at. Hopefully somewhere warm because if it's cold, I'm watching it on TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I ain't paying to go well you know, hopefully the alumni association can get us right, but I'm not going. I'm not going <laughs> anywhere that's cold. I'm not putting on a winter coat to watch a bowl game. Sorry, me and my uh, me and my ten other alumni that go to the game. You can't be doing all that. No cold, <laughs> I don't. I don't care where it is. But um, all right. So to to finish things off today, I think we're gonna be able to come back once once we do find out where we're going and talk a little bit about the bowl game. Maybe preview that matchup, but. Before we get to that, we want to go with what is, you know, your one Christmas wish specifically for the Terps, you know, finishing up 2023, going into 2024. What are you, what you thinking? What's, what's on your Christmas list? All I want for Christmas is a, a, the next Terps quarterback to be a dual threat who can sling that jump and run that jump because that would be vicious. I don't think yes. we've had like Talia can like scramble, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about like a runner, runner. Like who's the who's the second string quarterback for Texas? Malik Murphy or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, he he be skating, pulling him, you know, because he's not gonna stay at Texas because that's the Manning show coming up, and, you know, yeah, like and Quinn's coming back, so yeah, exactly, Quinn's was, coming so back. That's another so, year, yeah, yeah. I feel like we get one of them. I feel like Lodge could pull somebody like him to come through in real life, just call, wreak some havoc on the Big Ten because we have Maryland hasn't really ever had like a a prolific runner where he's giving that Joan off to Hemby, who's that who will probably come back and then freaking mm-hmm. running for 80, 90. I think that's the difference between us like beating those teams, bro. Like, because yeah. if you got a dual threat quarterback that can play some ball, we already have the pieces. 
I think that would really wreak havoc on the Michigans and the Ohio States. That's the, like just the icing on top that we need to really have those close games be a dub. Yeah, that that'd be another threat because like the you know if you can't match like the physicality and the size of Michigan and Ohio State, the way you beat size is with overwhelming speed. And yeah. you know like what what better way to do it than to have a guy who literally just can't be stopped like. Even the backup quarterback who's been playing this year for uh, Kansas, they said mm-hmm. dude runs a ran a ten six in high school, That's and crazy. like when he bro when he pulls it on his own read, he's out, he's gone. Yeah. Like you're not you're not catching him, and he he's the he's gonna be the backup too if uh, their quarterback from last year comes back. So, and they got hey, that might, Maryland, go, Maryland locks gonna open that wallet, go get somebody, you know. <laughs> yeah, we might we we might be giving Locks some recruiting ideas, man. Hey, look, hire us, we'll we'll go find the next. The next 100%. guy to take over the show. So that's a that's a really good Christmas wish, though, bro. Uh, lining that next quarterback up and having him being that guy that would be huge. So yeah. I won't go with the quarterback. I will say I'm gonna be greedy and I'm gonna make it like literally about me. And I'm gonna say I want them to get that Relia Quest bowl game. So that's honestly like <laughs> a pre that's honestly like a pre Christmas wish because obviously we'll find out next Sunday. But man, I, I want them to come play here. Um, I got to see Illinois do it last year, and it was, you know, it's just cool, man. Guys come down to the game. You get to see guys from, you know, who you played with, who you haven't seen in a couple of years. Get get to see all the old heads who played 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. You know, maybe we have, like, some some Terps events, and, I you know, I get to help out with that stuff since it'd be right here at the crib. So that, that'd just be really fun. Um, I know that, you know, the fan would enjoy it. we get to have a good time and get to see them play one more time this year. So, like I said, I'm being a little greedy with that wish, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We got what December third. We're gonna find out where they go. We'll see. Yeah, man. Yeah, the selection show is gonna be on on Sunday. This Sunday coming up at I think like noon. It'll start, and obviously they go with the playoff first, New Year's Six bowls, and then you know us measly regular bowl game folks. We're at the end, so you know we'll we'll see where we end up. I think that'll be really cool. You know either. No matter where they end up going, potential to win eight games again this season and, and really, you know, head off into 2024 with a, a lot of momentum, a lot of positivity and, you know, wrap up another another improving season for the Terps, man. I think anytime you get to win more games than you lose, that's what you need as a program, right? Like that. Yeah. That means you're in a good place. You're not trying to start from scratch. And that's that's where we're at. Can we take that next leap? Is it going to be in 2024? Who knows? But uh, we'll be here to find out. So appreciate y'all yes, tuning sir. in and, and see y'all next Sunday.